maybe I've been here before. I've seen this room and I've walked this floor. I used to live alone before I knew you. I've seen your flag on the marble arch and love is not a victory march. It's a cold and it's a broken Right. Oh, uh, well, I, we did it, America. We did something. I'm Jackie Danziger. I'm crying, but I'm also <laughs> James Tyson. And it's been a week. It has been a whole goddamn year and a half. Uh, we're not even really doing the podcast anymore. No, yet... this is just a... Um... Uh, this is like a charity, I think, our, that our we're doing. Our siren song of yeah. rage. Uh, uh, so... I wasn't expecting to get so emotional just now. We've been working on the podcast for like a couple hours and I thought, boy, I've got my thoughts in line. Yeah. And then immediately. Um... I'm not there. I'm actually so numb to this at this point that I, when we started, I was like, I'm going to just skip ahead to the end. Okay. Just, <laughs> there's no need to watch this now. I This is me to a T where I think that I'm on top of things. And then uh, all of a sudden I'm leaking. <laughs> Yeah, things are not uh, okay. I got it. I'll get it. I'm getting it together. We're here. We're here. <laughs> so uh, we're recording this show. It's November 17th. and it's, it's been eight days. Donald Trump has been president-elect Donald Trump for, yeah, eight days. Where are you at? Um. So as... So when I heard the news, I watched the whole thing, I was numb. And then I got a text from you at 3 a.m. And I found out that PA had been the determining vote. The home state of Pennsylvania. Where I am from. And uh, so that initiated a 24-hour sobbing jag for me. And then... I do think that's part of why I've been so unable to cry on a regular basis. Because I talked to you the day after. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, um, nope, you've got the tears for now. (laughs) Let me know when you're done with them. <laughs> I've, I've had a rough year, and I have not cried, I think, in this last year, perhaps my life, as much as I cried that day. So that is, I'm just saying that I've known you say, 11 or 12 years now, and I've never, I've seen you cry a lot, and mm-hmm. I didn't know you, uh, yeah, I've never seen that amount of fluid come yeah. out of you before. <laughs> not know I could do that. Um, so anyway, all of that is just to say that now I'm like wrung out. I I'm feeling pretty pessimistic but i'm also just sort of exhausted i'm i i have had so much vitriolic rage that now i'm just tired i'm very tired yeah. that's for sure um i i keep oscillating between i'm totally fine i don't feel anything and i'm going to murder all of you um i'm so sad i'm speechless like this yeah. is this is probably going to be one of the most inarticulate just podcast i've ever recorded like, and, that, that and is... obscenity laden i'll tell you i cannot stop swearing oh I, really I, yeah i've moved in the other direction i don't know why i i almost feel better just being like frack this fracking country <laughs> i mean that's more dignified which is what people keep telling us to be oh lose the anger get involved get over it don't get wallow. to the streets have you have you protested 
Um, I haven't because I feel, we'll get in more to this later, but I feel as a queer man, uh, a little left out in the cold by not just Trump voters, but all of the people on the left who not only didn't vote or voted third party, uh, but who voted for Hillary and just couldn't get excited about it. Right. Uh, you know, let's, let's hold off on that. <laughs> um, because yeah, I, I do feel like right now I, I feel very inactive and it's difficult because I feel like everybody is like, this is a call to action. You have to act now. And I just feel like uh, I don't really want to. And the only call to action that I've heard that has uh, made me feel any better is this clip from uh, Seth Meyers. Can I Let's play it? listen. First, it's not the thought of someone believing you deserve fewer rights because of who you are is depressing. But then you realize that by doing what you do every day, you prove to them you are unstoppable. They can spend their time trying to pass laws to take away your rights and silence your voice. But all you have to do is live your lives right in their faces. And it proves we simply cannot be stopped. All right, I'm good, I'm good, I can. <laughs> so, do you get what I mean? So that was uh, Amber Ruffin, she's a, a writer on Seth Meyers, who I just think is fabulous in general. But that message feels so much more possible and exciting right now, rather than like, you know what, ladies? We're gonna show them that there will be a lady president. We're gonna get onto the streets and we're all, it's like. Revolution. Mm, where really right now, the hardest thing is to just keep going. And having to get someone, out of bed. Yeah, and just to like, be able to send the emails to my male coworkers and knowing, just knowing what their opinions have been about Hillary Clinton and the loss that they're experiencing versus the loss that people of color and women and LBGT, just knowing that there's no comparison and having to still go to work and still have those interactions. I just needed someone to make that feel like that was enough of a protest for right now. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, Getting out of bed, painting my goddamn nails, that I deserve a medal for not killing myself. <laughs> to be, we all do. And not yelling. The first day after crying, all I wanted to do was to go into the streets and scream. And I did have this like image of like, if I did that, wouldn't everyone come and join me? <laughs> like. <laughs> No, and if they did, it'd be they'd be like, I hear you're yelling, but I feel like yeah. Well, actually, Ugh. I'm <sighs> just, I just feel exhausted, and I feel sad, and I one of the major things is so I I talked to you the day after, and you were like, turn off the news, and get off, get yeah, yeah, like stop watching the news. You don't need to hear anybody's read on the situation I, because i knew that i couldn't handle one pundit saying you know if only she'd smiled more or you know oh. if you know bernie could have been i couldn't i could, i mean I, truly I, she's I, just I, one of the most unlikable I, candidates in recent history so i shut it for them i yeah. just i was like nope head in the sand and leading up to the election i as you know am very obsessed with a large roster of podcasts and so i was all of the political podcasts that I normally oh, listen to. A large to. roster. I was like, who's Lara Droster? <laughs> I don't know that. Is that a Gimlet podcast? <laughs> no, because no. she's a woman. I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, more like Himlet. Am I right? That anyway. was well. All right. That was that was a little in joke about Gimlet Media <laughs> who's having a little bit of a gender issue right now. 
Uh, anyway, what <laughs> but were that was good. I liked it. About? Thanks. Uh, <laughs> oh, so leading up to the to the election, all of my weekly podcasts turned into daily podcasts. So I was listening to like <laughs> six hours of political commentary every day leading up into that fucking election, and it didn't matter. It did not matter. All of the things that I knew are irrelevant now. No, yeah. None of that mattered. That's actually a good lead into our next segment on where we're at with Facebook. Usually, oh. usually we start with news from the news feed, but um, I'm trying not to kill myself. Yeah. So, uh, let's take a break. Um, this is uh, Robin's Dancing on My Own, and this goes out to all of the Trump supporters and third-party voters <laughs> who chose, made those decisions over queers, people of color, and women. takes me back to 2000 and something <laughs> when I still had hope. <laughs> so wait, you were saying to listen to that within the context of you are the one dancing on your own? As a queer person or woman or person of color, I see you third party voters over there. You've got a new friend. I see. Does she love you better than I can? I got you. I got <laughs> you now. There's a big black cloud <laughs> over my house. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh. All right, so Facebook. Facebook. The let's let's back up for just a second and say we have used our little little podcast platform as a as a well, as a as a place to yell at people and act as sheriffs of Facebook because people lost their damn minds and uh and as Hillary supporters, we have never really been on the offense in these conflicts. It is almost across the board been on the defense yes. of someone losing their damn mind on our wall, on a friend's wall. We're all on Facebook. Well, not me anymore, but you know what we're talking about. So, and I think leading up to the election, there had been a couple of think pieces that finally really like cracked the lid on uh, the secret Facebook groups, specifically Pantsuit Nation. Did you see all those think pieces? Yeah, well, and I was in those groups as well as, right. as you were too. Yeah. So we were all aflutter with the attention we were getting. So I think people like read these articles, heard about Pantsuit Nation, all these ladies. Like when I went to my polling place, there was this woman in a white pantsuit and I was like, your pantsuit is amazing. And then she was like, thanks, Pantsuit Nation. <laughs> so it became a thing. 
But and then you high fived and a rainbow burst from your palms. Right. But before these groups were like the slumber parties of the internet, they were like safe havens because, uh, you know, to run away from the abuse that you were getting on your public wall. Because for a long time, anytime you posted, and I, no one I know ever had the balls to post an anti Bernie article, mostly because none of us even felt that way. But by posting pro Clinton material, we would have to hear fucking diatribes from our friends and family who just had to tell us how wrong we were. How, and not only wrong, but like ignorant, short-sighted, warmongering, uh, how we were actually sexist because we were voting with our vaginas. Like, And most of the posts in, I wasn't in Pantsuit Nation until later, we were in another group called Hill Yes Millennials, started by Cynthia Silver and it was great. And almost, thank you so much. Almost all of the posts across the board were just stories about these people coming to their walls and attacking them and them and people kind of having this perspective of like, this is my like brother's sister. Like I can't like what how do I deal with this? Yeah. Or like this, you know, my boss's aunt is on my Facebook yeah. for some reason. Uh, I don't want to lose my job. Like it was so inappropriate. So we James, you and I spent a lot of time just trying to explain to people what Facebook was, because people seem to think that it was Twitter or other similar anonymous uh, posting sites where it's like, no, 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 no. These are my friends and family. Right. I have 500 something Facebook friends. You've got 500 something Facebook friends. That's a thousand people, 500 of which I don't know and 500 of which you don't know that now see your 1500 word thesis on my wall calling me a stupid corporate shill. (laughs) And I'm so annoyed with people now who are taking the extra liberal approach to be like, you know whose fault this was? Liberal Hillary supporters. Because they chose to put themselves in bubbles. And maybe the best thing you can do now, ladies, is to go refriend all those people that you unfriended because their opinions were a little too real for you. <laughs> and this, oh, I'm back to rage. Oh, I found the rage again. No more tears. No more tears ever again. Just rage. It's like, go fuck yourselves. I didn't unfriend somebody because well, their opinions the were so... There goes the theory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did realize, I was like, no... Yeah, I didn't actually feel that way. I think it's more of a writing thing. In writing, I don't want to go for the for the old F-U-C-K, but, but speaking, you know boy, what? is it on the You're tip of my tongue. And yeah, go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourselves. People who, people who didn't have to go run to these groups didn't have to because they weren't experiencing abuse from their, from every direction. And once again, it was not, never did you or I go to someone else's wall and be like, well, actually, or shit on Bernie, because that's never been allowed, and I didn't want to. And I and I had a lot of friends that, through the Bernie months, and then afterwards, did nothing but post either, uh, like, think pieces or their own original writings on how she rigged the election, she's a terrible candidate, anybody who's supporting her is an idiot, and I looked at that material and I thought, hmm, I really disagree with it. And then I went and I talked to my friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, did not, I did not take material that I disagreed with as an opportunity to be like, you know what? I'm going to yell at you on the internet. And for everybody right now that is saying that we should have, is ignoring the fact that that never fucking changes anybody's mind. Ever. Like this idea that if we had just fought a little harder on the battleground of the comment threads, (laughs) maybe we'd have a female president right now. (laughs) It's just such insanity. You just should have wanted it more. Yeah. 
Oh, I'll say just real quickly, I deleted it or deactivated it, which does mean I can get it back at any point. But uh, I did it purely as a, as a as a mental health preservative. I was the, so raw and so angry. All I wanted to do was get on Facebook on Wednesday, spend hours just ripping everyone apart who had the nerve to say really anything that felt like I wasn't being seen as... A queer person or that the that, that was just reaffirming the patriarchy i just wanted to spend hours fighting with them and then get off and kill myself like that was literally that was my plan for wednesday and i was like you know maybe instead i'm just gonna deactivate this for a little bit and i have to say in the day that followed i kept like thinking like i wanted to post and i realized i was just kind of talking to no one the whole time yeah and I don't know that I will or can go back. It's that's a hardy, that's a hefty claim because it's Facebook. But. Yeah, so I'm not even going to try and make that claim because, well, first of all, I need Facebook for work. Well, and no, again, you know, oh. we're all on our own journey. I didn't even care if it was, but so I, <laughs> I'm still on it. But for me, the big thing is like I don't click on anything except like cat videos and like really pre-vetted comedy pieces. Do you get what I mean? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't care. But the, the sad thing to me is that I did have a few friends who acted like assholes and were just, I don't know, rude or unproductive who I told them that that's how I thought that they were behaving. And I really thought that after Hillary Clinton became president, we could sort of like mend fences. But now their takeaway from the election is... I told you she was going to lose. She <laughs> never had a chance, and I said she was terrible the whole time, and now I know I was right. And I don't know if I can be their friends anymore. Well, it's certainly not right now. It's certainly not right now. Oh, I'm going to thank a party God. tomorrow. Yeah, I was going to say, thank God you're going to that party tomorrow. I'm going to a party <laughs> tomorrow where not one, but two people who I let it be known that I thought they were a-holes on the internet are going to be there. Whoopsie daisy. <sighs> but they're jerks. Honestly, that's where I land. They can go fuck themselves too. You know what? Enjoy the crudite. Get out of my face. <laughs> that's the problem though. I feel like in a lot of ways, the the thing that I need to do to keep going in my life is to sort of just swallow my pride and go back into my secret group. <laughs> do you get what I mean? Yeah, I can. Uh, and this is one of those places though where it's like, I don't know if I can... Like if somebody said to my face, she shouldn't have rigged the primary and if bernie had made it he would have been president right now i think i'd lose my shit if someone said that to me in person <sighs> i'm gonna let's table that for now because i've got so many thoughts on that thing and i'm gonna put those in my final thoughts oh i see i was um, like we're like heading into the yeah, where's this we're going? the stretch we're in the, <laughs> the, the, the um let's take a break listen to this is this is le good lead into our next segment of what's getting us through kate bush is part of that for me <laughs> This is This Woman's Work Beautiful. by Kate Bush.
<laughs> can never figure out why all of our listeners are women. <laughs> oh, I love that song so much. I honestly wish that song had been playing in the background when Hillary Clinton apologized to <laughs> oh, the nation for losing. Oh, all the things I should have said that never said. Oh, that concession speech. We're just, it's not on the roster, but let's just say it real quick. We're not on the docket. Uh, yeah, because I haven't cried enough this podcast. No, 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 no. It's, that concession speech was so sad. It was so sad because she wasn't allowed to be sad. Like my mom, my mom's takeaway from it was actually, I'm so proud that she didn't cry. Right. And I was like, I, I technically feel that way, but I'm so ashamed that that's the state of affairs. Yeah. Like every time yeah. Joe Biden cries... I love him even more. Yeah. But that is not the case for a female politician. This is awful, but every time Joe Biden cries, and I am not trying to take away from his tragedy at all, but I think of that line Tragedies, from James. Tragedies. Tragedies. But I do think of that line from Heather's of, I just love my dead gay son. <laughs> <laughs> and it's awful. It's awful. His son wasn't... But, but that's, you know, it's, uh, I'm coping. <laughs> uh, Speaking of. So. Coping. Uh, what's helping? This little segment is like chicken soup for the traumatized soul. Uh, I did not feel anything other than sadness. And uh, there have been three things that are really helping me right now. One of which is Steven Universe. Do you know what Steven Universe is? Well, I know, but I feel like you're going to want to tell me anyway. Steven Universe <laughs> is a Cartoon Network series. Each episode is about 11 minutes long. It's created by Rebecca Sugar, based on her little brother, Stephen Sugar. And uh, it's incredible. It's one of the only uh, female-headed shows on Cartoon Network. And it's also one of their most popular shows. And it's pure joy. Essentially, it's like if the Powerpuff Girls had a foster child. And there's music. And one of the characters is played by Estelle, the British singer. And it's so fabulous. Not Adele. No. Estelle. American boy. Anyway, um, it's so good. I watched it. I watched the whole series, uh, as much of it that is out, uh, before the election. And I just felt so sad after the election that I thought I would go back to the pilot. And before I knew it, I've just started rewatching the series. And it's just so lovely. Uh, the primary things to know are that it's a little boy who lives in a beach town. And he lives with these three gems that are aliens who possess the special power to morph their bodies together because two women uh, have... Are They're a- lady aliens. They're all lady aliens. All gems are, uh, like, at least, uh, what's the word? Uh, present as female. Um, it's just so good. I, I don't want to give too much away, and this is not really a TV segment, but... But it does get gay. It gets real gay. Without spoiling too much, it's it queer gets as gay, hell, And I love it. It's so good. It just makes me... I don't know. My straight husband and I watch it pretty much every night, and after some episodes, we just, like... <sighs> I've gotten lots of, of, of tear-stained FaceTimes from these straight folks in the middle <laughs> of the night. Like, I love you so much. I just want to say that I just really appreciate your innate beauty. <laughs> Um, it's wonderful, and uh, I highly recommend if you watch the show and enjoy it, and enjoy it seeking out Rebecca Sugar talking at like comic cons and such because her fans are nerds. People don't just love the show; they're the kinds of nerds that show up and are like, "Your show's really important to me," and I feel that. And yeah, you're, you'll be there. I'm one of them. If you, you get tickets. <laughs> 
Okay, other thing that's really helping me is Parks and Rec, another show that I started to rewatch after, I think it was the second debate. It reminded me so much of the Leslie Nope Bobby Newport debate that I was like, I'm gonna go back and watch that episode. But then the episode was so good that before I knew it, I was rewatching it. The and entire then, series. Yeah, and that was so good that then I went back to, and just started again from season two. Anyway, it's really, really good. And I do feel like Leslie Nope is the grieving Hillary supporter in all of us and watching her persevere and get her harvest festival off the ground. <laughs> it's really, really nice. Um, it's great. It'll make you feel a little bit sad because the the whole world shits on Leslie Nope, but uh, she just is still so good. I, I don't know. It makes me feel really good watching Leslie Nope succeed. And then a non-fictional character person. Samantha B. Uh, she's pretty much the only political commentary that I can stomach right now. And she's so funny and so graceful. And you know what? Frack you, Chris Rock. Did you read his, his I comments? I did. It was rough. So I'm not even going to go into all of it other than the, the way that he wrapped up his commentary. Because initially he was just like, some people find things funny. Some people don't find things funny. You got to go for your base. He then had to go on and be like, I personally don't find Samantha B funny. Okay, even if he had left it there, it would have been like, whatever, Chris Rock. But then he had to go on to be like, I watched this and I thought, this is for a certain type of woman. And that's the, he then that's, at, he, there you're at the line. You're forgetting the other, oh. do, you, do you know the last thing he said? What? In that same quote, it was, this is for a certain type of woman. It's for a bunch of Samantha Bees. Oh, I didn't even hear that last Please part. Please don't hurt me. Why oh. are you turning so red? No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought you knew that. I thought that was the... Wow. Well, you know what? Let me just Go acknowledge the fact <laughs> I'm I'm a, a white lady, so I guess maybe I could just be an asshole, but I'm pretty sure, like, you don't have to dismiss something to then classify who it is for. Like, that, that for me is crossing the line where you can just be like, I don't find her funny, to then have to be like, this is for women, specifically this kind of woman. It's just like, oh, go fuck yourself. Uh, boo. Boo on that. But good on Sam B. And her writer's room is like my Justice League. <laughs> I have a picture of them <laughs> pinned up on my spirit board. <laughs> They're amazing. Oh, so it's good. Coping. Those are the things that are working for me right now. I highly recommend any of those. I've never heard of the alt-right. Deal with Donald it, Trump it has to be Donald Trump, and the country will organize itself around who he is. Whoops! All the Jews on my staff just left Jew-shaped holes in the wall. <laughs> you'll have to make do with jokes written by our black female and gay writers. Oh, God damn it. They're gone, too. So, <laughs> um, so I, I've been, uh, obviously, Kate Bush. Oh, yeah. Kate Bush all day, every day. And a part of this is me being a stereotype of myself in that the person that I'm sort of dating came out hard against Kate Bush earlier this week. Oh. And me being me and me being in an emotionally turbulent time, I had only really been dabbling. And in in response, I was like, well, no, she's all they listen to. She's my favorite. Um, but I do love her weirdness and her, she just. I do always forget what Kate Bush sounds like. I, yeah. Like I hear the beginning weird. of the song and I'm like, oh, and then she goes ahead. And she's like, that's like right. little, and I'm like, oh, right. I love <laughs> I hated you. I love it. <laughs> I did listen to it, and, and to be fair, my reaction to it was, this is for women. <laughs> yes, yeah. You said in the middle, like, I wonder why all of our listeners are women. <laughs> um, the second, I, I, this is new, but Anna Biller, 
I don't know. Oh, oh, this oh, real quick. Yeah, Jezebel did a piece on her new movie last week. The new movie is called The Love Witch. I'm seeing it Sunday, but she is just so smart in her interviews and all of her discussion around her films is so profoundly feminist. I saw her first movie, Viva. She's also like style-wise a mix of like like Valley of the Dolls meets John Waters. Like Viva's a sexploitation satire that's again deeply feminist. She's just badass. And she was sick throughout a lot of the making of The Love Witch. And so she like handcrafted that movie hmm. because she could only do so much. So it just I can't wait to see it. And then last, my female friends and my family. My mom does hair in in Texas in San Marcos, Texas. She's a, a, a has her own um, clientele and stuff at the salon, and she was just saying to me, you know, she's built up her career over the past year. Like she's she's just a working woman who's making money, who's working with young people. She's still like learning new, like she's branching out. She's doing a lot of queer hair. Mm -hmm. She's actually getting rid of her gendered pricing. Which in Texas, in New York, that's like, you're kind of really out of fashion if you've got prices for women and prices for men. The price, it's a pink tax, you know how they say. And, oh. And it really, it's based on the cut. Yeah. My mother has started doing more queer people and, and trans people. And she's like, this doesn't work. I have a, a, a cis female who wants a, a barber cut. Why would I charge her $60 for what's a $25 haircut if she was a man? Like it's so, I'm just so proud that even in this like Republican enclave that she's in, that she's a proud Hillary supporter who just has her own business on her own terms. And is still just like trying to make things right by people. Um, I, yeah. And then you and my sister's raising three kids and I just, that's, that's my chicken soup right now. I love that. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to mention something about my family experience in, in our final thoughts. So I won't, I won't say now, but I completely agree. I, I, uh, yeah, as freelance work, I've been doing a little bit of web design for my mom for her interior design company. And in addition to like enjoying it, helping her out and stuff, my mom is good at her job. Yeah. And that I feel so good. Where it's like, dude, my mom is an excellent professional. And she's built her own career. Yeah. She has a beautiful. Oh my god! Line I look at her like before and... and after pictures, and I'm like, wow, this designer is incredible. <gasps> she's my mom. Yeah. It's nice. It's really nice to have like smart, talented, badass moms. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great one. All right. Speaking of which, we're gonna listen to a song from Steven Universe. It's called "Here Comes a Thought," and uh, it is sung by Estelle, who plays Garnet, and she is singing to. Uh, Steven and his girlfriend or best friend who are currently fused together as one entity called Stevani for Steven and Connie. <laughs> Here comes a thought that might alarm you what someone say and how it harmed you something you did that failed to be charming things that you say Suddenly swarming and oh, you're losing sight, you're losing touch. All these little things seem to matter so much that they confuse you. That I might lose you. Take a moment, remind yourself to take a moment and find yourself. 
Take a moment to ask yourself if this is how we fall apart. But it's not, but it's not, but it's not, but it's not, but it's not. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. You got nothing, got nothing, got nothing, got nothing to fear. Beautiful. That's really sweet. So I, I want Connie. Stevani. Stevani. <laughs> Stephen and Connie. Um, I just wanted to play that song because I just feel like everybody does just need like a moment of peace and calm. And it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I have. Uh, I'm gonna lead right into my final thoughts. Actually, yeah. I have to say that's so, okay. That's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. okay. It's okay. <laughs> oh, so I recent this past weekend I went home to Philadelphia, the suburbs outside of Philadelphia, as they say on the news, uh, to Bucks County, Pennsylvania, and uh, amidst a sea of Trump signs, like the biggest fucking Trump signs I've ever seen. I, I anyway. And I drove past all By of them. By the way, did you the, mention that county is, or that town is R- Richboro? <laughs> is the name of the town. <laughs> Which gets me every yeah. time. <laughs> um, even though it's filled with a bunch of like poor, uneducated white people in their foreclosed on houses. Um, anyway, in addition to many other, uh, and some I assume are good people. <laughs> <laughs> I would not assume that. No, that's You're just making a an ass line. out of you and me. Oh, I see what you I had blocked that out. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so I go into, you know, Bucks County that is totally torn apart. Uh, and in the midst of all of that, I went and celebrated Day of the Dead with my cross-cultural family. And all of us look totally different, but we all, it's by far everyone in my family's favorite holiday. And just getting together and decorating the altar and cooking the food. We had a whole crazy tamale fiasco that was just like something out of an Isabella Allende <laughs> novel. <laughs> like the whole thing was just so lovely, even though like the world is falling apart and our family is going through all sorts of crazy things, just like spending time with my mom and my sister. And it just felt really good. And even though a ton of people had sort of said like, well, just remember, it's not even going to affect people like you. Uh, I feel like when my mother was trying to encourage me, what she was really saying is like, just remember, no matter what happens, you have a support system. And I just am feeling like so grateful for my support system and wanting to be the best you know, support for my friends and my community. And even though I feel still really, really sad, I don't regret the friendships that I have also formed through this election that were sort of found out of a unity of like feeling sort of angry as a woman and liking to be angry and allowed to be angry and now allowed to be sad. And I don't know that I would have met those ladies if Hillary hadn't ran. And in that respect, I don't regret that she tried to become president. That's very Zen of you. My final thoughts are not that Zen. <laughs> That's why good. We we should end on an angry. Note. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I'm, I'm. My rage has subsided somewhat, but what I will say is that this whole experience has left me feeling like I'm in high school again. And by that I mean I was in high school when Bush won mm-hmm. in uh, 2000, mm-hmm. and living in Texas at the time. 
where the fervor for him was so great mm -hmm. and they were so particularly excited in my area that he was mobilizing against gay marriage and I really have the words now for how I felt then. Then it was just general rage. Mm -hmm. Now I realize that what I was mad about is that I wasn't being seen or thought of. I wasn't on the list of concerns for the people around me. Moving to New York was supposed to be this sort of, you know, utopia of, of acceptance and home and so forth and so on. And this election has left me feeling a very similar version of how I felt then particularly to the people who voted for Trump, sure, but even third party or just didn't vote, I see you and I'm not on your list of concerns. That's fine, I get it. Not everyone is gay. I'm not, uh, your concerns are not necessarily mine all the time as well. And even just saying to you, Jackie, you're a woman, I'm not a woman. I'm not always great, you know, I'm a man. Like I'm gonna fuck up on issues, but Boy, do I see where I'm at on the list of concerns, and that goes for women and that goes for people of color as well. We are not on, if you were able to vote that way, you are not the ally that either, maybe you just don't care about being an ally, and that's fine, just admit that, but don't tell me to calm down. Don't be confused when you tell me how you voted, and I'm mad, or that I feel slighted in some way. It's a fucking slight. Uh, you know, if you are a woman, queer person, or, or person of color who voted that way, uh, that's a whole other conversation. But if you're especially, you know, straight, cis, male, get the fuck out of my face talking to me about campaign finance reform and that's why you couldn't uh. vote for Hillary Clinton. I care about campaign finance reform, you asshole. The second final thought that I have is specifically on the subject of Bernie could have beaten her. Oh. Just want to be real clear about who showed up to vote for this election. And it was racist white people. You know what? Not even racist. I'll take that off the table. It was uneducated whites. It was white people. And I'll tell you, white people might not like women, but they sure don't like the opinionated socialist Jew. He would not have fared any better with who showed up to vote. It was uneducated whites. So it just, get out of my face with that nonsense. That's not what happened in this country this time. Real, real quick. Uh, no, yeah, hop on e in. Extra on that one. I hear people when they're like, you know, you know what he, what Bernie had that Hillary didn't had was uh, indignant vitriol and a disdain for the system. And when people say that that's what America wanted right now, they're right. They liked that message that was like, that something is broken the people who are in line to fix it are not to be trusted. Like I hear that that part of the message was what angry people were, were hungry for. What I don't believe is that that demographic wanted his way of fixing it. That once his ideas had actually been vetted on a national plat on a national stage and people found out what they would have to do for universal health care and what they would have to do to give some people free uh, college, I don't, I, it wasn't going to happen. It wasn't going to happen. This country the is people, conservative yeah. and the left needs to accept yeah, that. Yeah, and the the people in West Virginia who are angry about the end of coal coal yeah, the end of coal country, we're not going to go for Bernie. They want the idea of jobs. They want the idea of breaking the system. They did not want to take his route there. So I that's where I'm like I hear 50% of your story the same way that for the last effing year I have had to deal with, yeah, I completely agree with half of what you're saying. 
The other half is unrealistic and crazy and honestly presented to me in a way that is so unnecessarily hostile. If you have the mental capacity right now to say, hmm, told you, should have gone with Bernie, you are not helping and you were not helping before. So get the fuck off your high horse. Yeah, having said that, Am I going to a protest? No. Get the fuck out of my face, leftists, right now. Especially since those... No revolution. You said this. No revolution is, is good to gay people or women or, or people of color. Like, it's it's men. Like, that's who the revolution's for. The second people Also, are we like, don't have guns. <laughs> we, we don't have guns. Yeah. We do not have guns. And soon, we won't have access to birth control or abortion. So... Believe me when I say that the, the revolution fighters are not going to be like also like strapping kids on with, uh, you know, <laughs> their baby Bjorn. They're not suddenly be, going to become revolutionary doulas. Like, yeah. That's not the plan. So, but you know what? I look forward to seeing Susan Sarandon like out there helping the little guy because this is exactly what they said. They said, if Trump comes, then perhaps he will bring about the revolution. So, you know what? I've been making phone calls for Hillary. I was out for Hillary. I look forward to now, as Hillary does, taking a hike in the woods and seeing what the young people are up to. <laughs> so that's, that's where I am. I am also, as, uh, I guess I do want to add some positivity. My mother very specifically said to me yesterday, like, huh, you seem a little um, short. <laughs> <laughs> and we had a conversation about just, the rage that I'm feeling and the isolation. And my mother was basically like, look, stay mad. Stay mad enough to stay active, but do not let it take you over. Do not give in to the fear because fear leads to anger and anger leads to hate and hate leads to the dark side. Uh, I'll leave you on my mother's piece of advice to me, which was twofold. One of which was stay angry. And the other one was learn what men just need to think of you as a sweet little girly and let them think that. And I, at first, was like, those two pieces of advice are contradictory. And then she was like, they are not. They fuel each other. So stay angry, everybody. Hallelujah. 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 I'm not giving up and neither should you.